Hey everybody, this week I am speaking with a psychic, a woman who does psychic readings, which is about your present moment, what's going to happen, what's coming up, and mediumship encounters where she brings forth somebody from the other side or a companion animal from the other side who wants to connect with you and speak to you about who knows what. <laughs> they come with all kinds of messages. I've had the experience myself. Karen's one of the best. And if you think this is really weird and impossible, I get it. I totally get it. But let me just tell you, she, and she's not the only one, works with law enforcement to locate missing persons or to solve crimes. Now, isn't that the coolest thing? And she's a great, she's a hoot. She's got a great energy. So why don't you listen in just for the hell of it, even if you don't believe in it? This is the Rebellious Wellness Over 50 podcast for women over 50 who have a lot of living yet to do, who want to enjoy the ride for as long as they can in good health and with a sense of humor, maybe a little wine. I'm Gregory Ann Cox, and I believe it's time to bust the myth that aging equals decline in every area of life. Nonsense. I would say something else, but I'll keep it clean for now. Aging happens, but it doesn't have to ruin your life. You just need to get a little rebellious in your approach. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of Rebellious Wellness Over 50. Today, we're going into the unknown. For many people, this will be a conversation about things that they don't know about, that they're curious about. Uh, just like my friends from high school that I spent some time with last weekend, uh, there are people who are curious about the afterlife, other lives, psychic mediumism, and some that are just like, well, that's not for me, which is great. And I know that this audience is probably the same mix. I'm curious. I've already experienced it. I think it's amazing. I'm not sure I ever want to experience it. It's all good. But today, my guest, Karen Romine, is going to talk to us about being a medium, being a psychic. And to begin with, Karen, uh, welcome, first of all. I'd Thank love you. it if you would tell people your background and your current way of being because they're inter it's an interesting segue. Yes, it's uh, I've lived life on both sides of the line that's in my life, I say. I grew up in the Midwest, pretty conservative, and I was encouraged to go to college and to work in corporate America. So that's what I did. I ended up in Houston and I managed a couple of record labels. I uh, took oil and gas leases by knocking on doors around Texas. And I ended up as the CEO of a parking app in Los Angeles, um, kind of Airbnb for parking. And during that entire time, including when I was younger, I heard voices or I knew things that I really wasn't supposed to know. So it created, un I was unaware of that when I was younger, but it sort of created a lot of health issues for me. Mm. I ended up with migraines trying to shut everything down. I, um, in my older years, I just, I hate that I have to say that I have a cardiologist 
but I have a cardiologist. <laughs> um, and I had some heart events from stress and from dealing with things. And I didn't know if I wasn't having mental issues through mm -hmm. all of this until I finally decided that I needed to give people the gift of knowing things and hearing things and having those last conversations that I was able to give to myself. So at 58, I uh, told my business partner, I'm going to leave corporate America and go do my own thing. And so here I am now on your podcast talking about my life as a psychic medium. I love it. I love it. Now, the the transition didn't just happen one day you said to your partner i'm not going to be in this corporate setting anymore how long did it really take you because i the reason i'm asking whether it's to become go from being a lawyer to a psychic i've interviewed somebody else who that was her journey or whether it's um i'm in i don't have a career right now because i left my career and i've been thinking thinking what should i do or what do i want to do and i it's always interesting to hear as a way of support what your journey was, what did you have to go through mentally, uh, emotionally to say, finally, I'm ready? Was it that it was such a loud calling that you couldn't ignore it or what? It was a very literal loud calling. Was it? I, um, I had, like I mentioned, I had sort of waffled in and out when I was younger and then had finally shut it down. When I moved to Houston, I found this whole community of people um, one of my friends early on said, let's go pace this lady. She's going to talk to dead people for us. And I was like, well, why are we paying someone to do that? <laughs> so it's it was it started to grow and my energy work started to grow. And I started to realize that it wasn't a, a negative. And so in 2017, working on a spreadsheet for the parking app, and home alone, and I heard a man's voice as clear as someone standing next to me say, Karen. And I looked, ooh, my hair just stands up too, just to go back to that space. Your father's going to pass tonight. Now there was no reason this wasn't, I knew I wasn't creating this in my head. So, I contacted my brother who lived a ways from my parents and had him go there to spend the night. I knew I couldn't get from Texas up there quick enough, but I felt that what I heard was correct. Be there was just no reason that it wouldn't have been. So I just trusted it. Got my husband up the next morning and sure enough, about five o'clock in the morning, my brother called to tell me that my father had passed. It was very hard for him to try to tell me, but I already knew it. I knew it from the voice. And then in the middle of the night, my dad came to me when he was passing. And mm. it was just in a casual conversation. It was almost just like we were just sitting down and it wasn't happening. We were just having a conversation. So I knew he had passed on. So... That was that was 2017, March of 2017. I struggled until the end of 2018. 
I knew that people were not going to accept the fact that all of a sudden I was just going to be talking to dead people and doing psychic readings. <laughs> and I knew it was going to be a transition, but I also knew that what I had received to me was a really big gift. So I started exploring it more. I took a ton of classes, learning how to deliver a message, right? So like things that you can say, things that you can't say, things, learning about the ethics of the whole business of everything. There's a lot of unethical people in that space. Mm -hmm. And in my corporate America background, I wanted to do everything right. I needed a game plan. I needed a spreadsheet <laughs> that said everything. So it took me a while to process, a year, really almost two years, just to process through that there wasn't going to be a spreadsheet, that there weren't mm -hmm. any rules, and that there were some boundaries and ethics and everything that I needed to really come to terms with. So it was the beginning of 2019 that I started hinting that I was going to be moving on and we should be looking for someone new to run the day-to-day. -day. And so by October, it was pretty clear and everybody knew. So it was really, I would say, overall a three-year of a direct transition. Of I, I had a plan and, and I was the only one who knew the plan <laughs> and eventually I shared it. I've even heard um, from many coaches, don't share your thought, your dream, your plan for the next thing with people, because whether it's I'm going to open an ice cream store or I'm going to talk to dead people, the people around us who love us and know us as one way might not really think it's a good idea. And then we have to contend with their opinion, our own self-doubt or self-confidence moments back and forth. So I think it's probably a good idea that you didn't tell everybody for a couple of years. Greg, I think that is the most valuable advice you could give someone. I really do. Oh. I, I agree. I already had my own negative talk. Mm -hmm. Is this really happening? Is this really normal? <laughs> Am I mentally ill? <laughs> and then if I would have put it out there, I would have had a lot of that instead of just getting myself to that comfort space and saying, this is what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. So... Let's make believe that you and I just met at a networking event, and I ask you, for the sake of this audience, so Karen, tell me what you do. I talk to dead people. <laughs> I'm a certified psychic medium, and I'm also a psychic investigator, and like, what does that look like? I do readings for individuals. I do readings for groups. And I'm fortunate enough to work with law enforcement on missing persons cases. Wow. That sounds cool. So that's what I get to do. I'm really blessed to, to I love my job. That sounds like it. Now, when you work with law enforcement, I would imagine, and I have read that there, this is not common, but I've read other people do this. Do you find that they come to you out of desperation are they open and going like, we have to get this woman, Karen, because she'll help us find this person? Um, I would say that that's shifted over time because now I've done enough work in the space that uh, um, it's not uh, that I'm, I'm known in some areas more than others. Mm -hmm. um, I would say as a whole law enforcement probably comes in a state of desperation um, <laughs> as a last result resort. Um, 
generally speaking, it's the family that comes mm. and says, here's the person I'm working with in law enforcement. And so law enforcement, oftentimes they have to listen. But okay. once it processes through, we just had a really interesting case that was um, in the Northwest with a missing young man. And I was able to get a lot of information, which was kind of the good news, the bad news, and the police weren't too sure what to do. But it led them from thinking that he was probably deceased to they thought it was a murder because of the information that I got. And I was adamant he was still alive. But they shut the family out. They shut everything down. They got all hyper-focused because I hit upon a reason why he had disappeared was because of a relationship he was in that he maybe shouldn't have been in. Hmm. And so they felt that there was maybe a third person that was in that space that killed him and threw him out into the woods. So they had to work through all of that. But I gave them also some very specific locations and so, and said, he doesn't want to be found, but he's going to be found on the third day. That was on June 13th. On June 16th, they found him alive and as well as could be expected. Oh, my goodness. Now, that sheriff went from to, hey, Karen, we've got like boxes of stuff over here, right? So they tend to experience it and then become more open. Mm -hmm. I think that's true for anybody without the the context of law enforcement, right? Very pretty much cut and dried and not a lot of room for woo. But I think for many people, the idea may come like I'd like I'd like to speak to my father who's deceased or I'd like to find my poodle or immediately if you're not if you didn't get raised in that kind of thinking that this is normal, I'm going to use air quotes it's going to be a reach for some people to say, I'm going to go for this. I'm going to give it a try. Do you think? I I agree with you. I think that there's um, a lot of us are just raised in, in faith, faith mm-hmm. that we're going somewhere. And, and there's always a discussion around this blind faith, just believing. And so um, I did a reading two days ago for a young man. And, the, you know, it starts out like this. I said, well, I have your mother here, and we went through a whole conversation that's very specific. Whenever I read and I speak to people on the other side, I do what's called evidential readings. So I try to bring through very specific things, things you cannot Google. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I was able to bring enough in for him that he he said... I actually, I called my siblings and told my siblings that I talked to mom today, and I never thought I would ever say that again. <laughs> Same with the psychic reading. You know, the difference between a psychic and a mediumship reading, a mediumship is when we talk to spirit that's crossed over. A psychic reading is more about the here and now. So it's about things like relationships and careers and financial stuff, family stuff, health stuff. So in the same space, I don't want to ever sit down with someone and say, okay, so what's your question? Mm. No. So it's just, it's an energy. Everyone, I believe everyone is psychic. I don't believe everyone is a medium, 
but I do believe everyone is psychic. That's listening to that gut, right? Mm -hmm. Something just tells you. So in a psychic reading, I say, let me start off and we're going to get there. So then I kind of go through my checklist. Okay, I feel like you're really healthy. I feel like we do not need to talk about health. Um, I'm hitting on something on work. I I see some unique new branch coming off of the tree, and this is something you're totally in control of, and this is something that is growing, but it's in its infant stages. And so then I kind of work through that or work through relationship so that they understand that I it's not them feeding me. Don't mm-hmm. feed the psychic and don't feed the medium. If you want to know if you have somebody that's ethical and honest, don't feed them. Mm-hmm. My husband and I uh, visited a, I was going to say, he is a psychic medium, right? We didn't, I don't even remember why we decided to go, but my husband is a typical guy and also English and skeptical. And he's like, because we knew this, this man had been referred to us. And so my husband was concerned that the guy who referred us to this person who was going to do the work with us, that they'd sat down and had a big conversation about who we were. I said, right. first of all, that if he's an ethical guy, he's not going to, he doesn't want to know. Right. But Mark was also very curious. He's like, I don't want them to have anything but our first, I don't want this man to have anything but our first names. Yes. Like, That's fine. And so we went in with that and we both had an interesting, separately, we had interesting experiences that were both um, right on point. Great. That's yeah. that's the key. Really, um, there are, like I said, there's a lot of people that aren't ethical in this space. So mm-hmm. um, that's. I think that's great. I want everybody to have that opportunity. I really do. I love that. I love that you had a great opportunity. Yeah. Now, if somebody wanted to have a mediumship reading, do they have control over who comes through for them, or do you have control? I don't draw. Okay. Um, I I tend to say that they don't have control. Whoever's coming in is coming in. Sometimes we think that we really need to hear from someone. It's some bit of closure. But what we don't realize, because we're so fixated on that, is that there's something much bigger that's sitting there. Mm. So sometimes someone will have a reading and I'll bring through, spirit comes through on this side of me. So I keep doing that while we're talking. But I would say, oh, um, your mother's here, let's say, because that young man really did want to talk to his mother the other day. And you could tell right away, his eyes lit up, the tears started to come in. Mm -hmm. And I knew that was who he felt he needed to talk to. And we did a lot of talking with her. But I had another man that came through and I said, I've got another man. Names aren't always names. I don't think names are that significant to spirit. Sometimes they're very clear. But I said, I have a man here. His name is a three letter name. He goes by something short like Dan or Tom or Don. And he knew exactly who it was. And I said, there's a car accident. He passed in a car accident. And you you could see see the air come out of him. Mm. (laughs) He didn't expect this guy was coming through. His mom had passed not that long ago. He was focused on talking to his mom, but there had been a car accident. He had been involved in the situation. It was something that was unique. 
And it was a message that needed to be cleared out of his past. So mm. he, so it wasn't dragging in there anymore. So, so he came forward very strongly to deliver his message. So sometimes we have sometimes we have no control. Somebody would come through and say, look, this is somebody for your husband. Or I call them gate crashers. They you, <laughs> you don't know anything about them. You can barely identify who I might be talking about. I try not to hone in on all the miscellaneous information because you don't want to waste your time with it. And that's not why you're here. I just try to give the snippet of the message so that they can move on. Mm-hmm. But the way that I do think someone can control things from the reader perspective is oftentimes they'll hold on to a picture or a piece mm-hmm. of jewelry. It'll be something that will resonate with the energy of the spirit. So I think it tends then to bring the spirit in a little bit closer. Not mm-hmm. always, but often it does. Mm-hmm. You talked about closure. Uh, if somebody is so focused, right? They didn't get to say goodbye to their grandfather or their mother or something before they died, like you with your dad. Um, But if that person doesn't come to them in your session, I would imagine that that's going to be hard for the person who came to you, not to blame you. I'm just saying, what is it is, are there times when the spirit that that person so much wants to talk to or hear from just isn't there at the moment? Um, it doesn't happen a lot, but it does happen. And I and uh, I do think that closure in some sense, either they didn't hear something or they didn't say something, the person that's mm-hmm. here, right? Those are probably two of the bigger reasons why they want to talk to spirit on the other side. So there's an emotional attachment to that mm-hmm. too. And it's often carried rather heavily. Now, when we went through COVID and people were passing and their family wasn't allowed mm. in, and and that was a really a ramped up time of people desperate to say, I mean, the last they saw them, they were fine, but they went into the hospital and they never came out. And sometimes when it's really close in passing, I think that the spirit is still transitioning. Mm. sometimes they come through very clear for me they're very specific uh, but oftentimes they're in that transition mode so sometimes I'll just say they just you know at the end of the reading I'll say do you have any questions you know was there anybody that you don't give me any information just tell me was there anybody else you were waiting on and they'll say yes so and I'll know whoever that is so then I just scan and reach to start to get the energy. Is it a male or a female? And start to bring in. And I just let them know they just aren't in that space yet to, mm-hmm. to have that discussion. Mm-hmm. So, but inevitable, I've yet to have that happen again the second time. By the second time, the person's al- already moved, the spirit's already moved, the energy's already changed, and they come through very clearly. Mm-hmm. So interesting. In the realm of the day-to-day, like we're average everyday people, you think you say everybody is psychic, has the potential to be psychic. And I, I agree with that. And I do think coming from my perspective, mental, physical, spiritual health, listening to your body, right? That is intuition, just like you said. And then we so I'm trying to get to why people who might be interested are not willing to take the 
to the leap, right? They they say, and and whether it's a psychology, uh, I mean, a um, an astrology reading or a Reiki session or all of these things that we were not, most of us were not raised to appreciate or even be introduced to. When I feel that so many people could be helped by your service or some of these other energetic services. What can you say to people to get them over that fear? Like they're going to, you know, if they're very religious, a traditional religion, they may feel like they are going against that religion by taking a step out into the energy world. What can you say to people to help them get past the fear of taking the first step? First, I would say when specifically when it comes to religion, that um, I pray before I do a reading. So I'm asking God, in my case, to help me to deliver a message to you in a way that you're ready to hear, in a way that you'll understand, to help me to be able to, I, I tend, um, when I'm doing a reading, I shut down my feelings because my sad and your sad isn't the same. My happy and mm -hmm. your happy isn't the same. So I can't communicate a message to you in emotion. So I need to also be aware, though, of the emotion and what you're going through as you're hearing the message, whether that's psychic or whether that's mediumship-wise. So religion-wise, I would tell you that to me, it's all crosses together. When I talk to spirit, they're with their loved ones on the other side. They bring through other relatives, other friends. They bring through their pets. This is all is good. They're relieved of their pain and their physical ailments. So to me, the religious side um, is something that's all intertwined. Mm -hmm. uh, to me, the bigger thing is fear of the unknown. Mm -hmm. Which is where we where I started this conversation. It yep. is really the, the unknown. fear yeah. of the unknown. And it's everyone has a fear of the unknown. Nobody's really comfortable with just blindly stepping through a door into a dark room to see what the heck is going to happen. So um, I think it's building a rapport. I do talk to people if they just are really hesitant or someone calls and says, my friend's just scared to death, just have a chat and just say, look, this is who I am. I always say to people at the beginning of every reading, is there anyone that you're aware of that's on the other side that you know you don't want to talk to or any subject that you're aware of that you know you don't want to discuss? I've had no one ever answer to that. But then I always say this means shut up, Karen. <laughs> She's putting I her hand about... up. For those of you listening, Karen has her hand up in the stop. Yes, <laughs> thank you. So it's it's um, it gives them some control. I'm mm -hmm. not comfortable. I don't want to go there. Um, I don't ever, especially if somebody's first reading, I don't ever just start with the download. I say... You know, let me tell you a little bit about this person that I have and explain things. And I engage them in the conversation. I let them interact to try to get that stress of the unknown. 
this, the anxiety I can feel right away because mm. I'm an empath. I can feel everybody's energy. Plus, I'm wide open because I'm getting ready to do the reading. So I can tell right away. I'll say, are you nervous, aren't you? Yes, I'm scared to death. My heart's beating away. So I might chat about something unrelated or just to ease men. But I would say to someone that just says, I really, I want to know, but I don't want to know. Mm -hmm. I, um, I would say, A, please just send me an email and let's just have a conversation. Just two people. I won't bring anybody through. We'll talk about what you can expect. And then the other thing that I do is I try every month to do group sessions where you don't have to put your hand up. So if I say, oh, I have a father here and his name is Bob and he was in the Marines and he drove a blue car and he had a three-legged dog, like where you know for sure it's your dad, <laughs> you don't have to claim him. You can, I can say he has a message and this is it. So they can just safely observe from their own little space. I and like not, that idea. Not have to have a conversation. So it gives, it's a little bit of a door opener to the whole space where they can just ease in and watch. They can watch what happens with other people. They can mm -hmm. see see how it happens. So that's the other thing that I, I try to do that every month. That's great. That's like a soft intro. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in terms of having a psychic reading, you said, you know, it could be health. It could, and you don't ask them for questions or do you ask somebody for like, I, I've had psychic readings. Usually what happens is what's your intention or some statement like that. And I give my intention, but what I think you're saying is you just come to the call with the person on the other end or on the zoom, whatever it is. And you lead the call based on what you're getting that that person needs. So they might get relationship, but what they really thought they wanted was career. Um, correct. Um, all I get, my, my system that would come through if you signed up for a meeting, I mean, for a, a reading, I would just get a message that says, you have Greg at 1230. That would be it. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't want to know anything else. So when you come on, I either I recognize you, I know I've done a reading for you or I don't. And then I ask you, do you want to talk to people on the other side? Do you want to have a psychic reading? Do you want both? And so if it's a psychic reading, then I start by saying, let me just start to work through this. Now, I, I've yet to have a reading, but I'm sure it could happen where a relationship doesn't also impact career and finance mm, good and point. health, where health doesn't impact relationship and career, mm -hmm. right? So they all intertwine. The here and now for us is all a, a solid ball for me. It's an orb and it's always fluid and it's always moving and it always is touching each other. Now, let's just say that I get through, uh, let's say that I would say to you, I don't just at a quick scan, I'm going to release health. I feel like you're healthy. I don't feel like there's anything going on that we need to be concerned about or have any discussion about. Are you okay with me setting health to the side? Okay. If you say no, then I am aware that you have something. Now, usually in that space, I'm going to say, 
I will come back to anxiety, but for me, anxiety is not something of significant health concern. However, what I feel is that anxiety is tying into relationship. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you're feeling a lot of chest pressure, you aren't sleeping well, You're, and then it all intertwines. But then I would say in the relationship, if that needed to go on the side or career needed to go on the side... I feel like everything's good with your career and you aren't here to talk to me about the career. Is it okay with you if I set that on the side? Oh, because I do want you to for sure. And then I always leave time at the end to say, ask me your questions. Now, mm -hmm. if there's something I didn't hit upon, don't, don't give me the information. Just ask me the question without giving me uh, information. So like a clarifying question. Absolutely. Right. Right. Now is you said that there are times when people want both psychic reading, mediumship. <laughs> what is the flow of that? Can these people just pop in and interrupt your psychic mediuming? <laughs> so, so the flow, you mean as far as the person that I'm reading, can they interrupt? No, no. Can, can the people on the other side, like, let's just oh, say, yeah, well, let's absolutely. focus on your career, Ashley. And then suddenly Uncle Joe is there. And is this is what I say, Ashley, we're talking about your job and Uncle Joe's coming in and he's saying you, you really need to look at this as another opportunity. I would always say, now, Ashley, if you listen to Uncle Joe when they were here on earth, <laughs> then you continue to take his advice. If he wasn't somebody you would take advice from when he was here on earth, he's the same Uncle Joe. So take that's it with hilarious. a grain of salt because that's they they aren't somebody completely <laughs> different when they go to the other side. Yeah, yeah. Oftentimes on a psychic reading, there are moments where people come in from the other side that we've had significant relationships with that want to give their two cents. Mm -hmm. And oftentimes when we're just doing a mediumship reading, I'll be talking to somebody's um, spouse that's gone to the other side and they want to talk about you moving on and getting another relationship. Mm. So nice. it, 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 it oftentimes it waffles. Some people are very specific. You know, I want to talk to my mom and I want to talk about my jobs. So mm -hmm. in their head. So they, they're just very... I need both. I want a hybrid reading. I need to talk about both. Mm -hmm. What about pets, companion pets. animals that cross over? Do you ever, do people want to hear from their pets? They want to hear from their pets. They just want to know their pets are okay. I love uh, pets. So uh, um, I'm a big animal person. So they always will give me their presence. They sometimes they're just walking through. Who's the who's the white dog? It's very hairy. Hair was a big thing. Lots of shedding. <laughs> Mom was like a no. You found the dog by the railroad tracks or whatever. Sometimes they'll give me very specific information and sometimes they just walk through with their tail or whatever mm -hmm. and or a bird or a whatever the sound is. But pets are deaf. Pets go with your loved ones to the other side. Interesting. Absolutely. Is there any connection to people that have had a near-death experience and your work in that they might want to, that was such a lovely place, I would like to go back to that place, but not, or they felt like they didn't get to finish the experience? M my experience with people who've had near-death experiences is that they went there 
wherever there there was, they came in contact with their loved ones on the other side, and then they were sent back. And now they know that's their evidence. Mm. Now they, they know they're over there. They know they're freed of their pain, that they're but they and they know they're there waiting for them and they know it's not their time. So when they come back, what I see is not so much I see a little bit of those people that come for readings, but those are the people that come that say, I want to take a class. I need to learn mm. how I can talk to my Aunt Mary or how I can help other people talk to Aunt Mary. Mm-hmm. So for me, a near-death experience generally moves people out of a reading and into the education side. Got it. Now, I mean, this is incredibly sad to even think about, but children do die. Infants die. For the parents, I mean, a child has a person, let's just say it's past the age of you know a year, and you gotten to know that child and they could probably come back at a year and babble or give a message, I guess. But what about an infant? And even with a child, like what do do parents have the, I would imagine some people want to see that child or that infant, not see, but yep. energy experience that again. Yeah. A hundred percent. This is an interesting conversation in that I think that once certain things come up, um, they tend to start showing up more and more and more in readings. So talking about children, uh, I'm sure I'm going to get now a bunch of children, <laughs> people with children that have come from the other side. There is for me, um, which is, this is back to that feeling thing, a very, children don't, that are that young, don't go to the other side with the burdens that we all have of society and negative uh, inside talk or, you know, we're, they're just free, right? They're just kids. If you just think about how they look at things through their eyes. So when they come through, they're very much just love. They're just Mm -hmm. a being of love. And so in that message, the parents, I don't care whether it's been one year or 21 years, are still in grief for the loss of Mm -hmm. the child. And so they want to know that their child is okay. Now, a child for me comes in two ways. They, I, at, at that infant, you know, at that very young age, if they were here on earth, if they were breathing here on earth, for me, they come through in a physical body. If they passed before they got here to earth, they come through in spirit. Mm. So they don't come through attached to a physical body. They speak, um, like people say, well, how do you know that if they're from Bulgaria, how do you know? Don't they only talk in Bulgarian or if a child had no language skills yet? How do they communicate with you? Well, if they want to get the message through, they communicate with me so that I can understand them. So mm-hmm. a child would speak just like you and I. Mm-hmm. They don't have the life experiences. They aren't going to, they will refer to things that have happened since they've left. If another child was born to the family, if, um, you know, if it's someone's birthday, an event or something, they might bring that up. So they'll refer to things 
that have continued after they've left. But there's not a lot like a mom saying, hey, remember when we did this and then we did that mm-hmm. and remember this, right? There's not that length of those. So children do come through. They come through. Uh, um, I think I'm right. I can't recall. I've ever had a reading where at the end I've said, was there anybody else that you were waiting to come through? And I've had a parent say, you know, my child didn't come through. The, a child inevitably comes straight away through. Hmm. For people that have unresolved conflict in a relationship and one person passes and they want to clean it up or say, you were saying how people want to say something that they didn't get to say, but is there ever any strife in, so the person comes back, maybe they went to the grave with resentment or distrust or dislike of this person who now wants to make it all better. Does that actually, do you then act as a mediator or does the anger and resentment drift away once they cross over and it's not present now? My experience and most other people that I talk to that do this work, that baggage goes away on the other side because it doesn't mm-hmm. matter anymore. Yeah. Um, sometimes that can be difficult because it didn't get released on this side. Mm-hmm. So to us, it's still very emotional. It's something we want to talk about. It's something we need to air out. So, and oftentimes the response from the other side is, that doesn't matter. Let go of that. Move on. Do look forward. Don't look backward. And we're like, no, no, no. Look, this has to get resolved. Sometimes they'll have a little bit more conversation about it. But for the most part, once they cross to the other side, there's not a, uh, they'll use words like, um, I'm I'm sorry, I feel bad that this happened. And, it, and it's like they say it so that we can identify with what it is they're trying to say because I can't transfer an emotion. Mm-hmm. But it's almost always followed by some sort of wording that was, I don't literally feel bad, I've let it go, but I want you to know that I understand that you wish that this would have Mm -hmm, been this mm -hmm. way or that that would have been said. Or um, a lot of times people who pass because of something that they've done to themselves, Mm -hmm. um, which could be anything um, from you know, not taking care of themselves, to using things, to uh, speeding in their car. The, uh, those people will come through right away and say, I own responsibility for my passing. Oh, interesting. And then that unresolved part with that, like, you should have listened to me. I wish you would have. I wish you wouldn't have. Those kind of, that kind of strife and conflict it almost lets it go before it even starts in the conversation. Yeah. I imagine it would be healing if somebody came through that there was an issue with you, resentment or whatever it was, for them to just say, move on. Like it seems dismissive, but on another level, it could be like an invitation to let it go. I record all of my readings because I think when you're in the moment, and you're hearing that, it's very hard. To, it sounds dismissive, like you said. It's um, it's very hard to take it in. 
But when you can be in the comfort of your own home later and watching it and knowing because of other evidential things that are said that you actually have that energy with them of that person, that they are able, it, I think it does help people to heal and to move on. Mm -hmm. so I think the in whole, I think that the readings are very healing, both psychic and mediumship. Mm -hmm. What about uh, as a, a medical intuitive? I mean, a psychic is not necessarily a medical intuitive, but when you said, I'm going to scan and say like, oh, I don't think you have anything healthy to worry about. What if somebody does have, and I know you're going to be ethical about it. I'm just curious, do those kinds of things come through? Like if somebody didn't know they had a tumor on their kidney because it they, was too early. They do for me. And the reason why I think that they do for me is um, when I was in that process of shifting from corporate America to talking to dead people, I I found a kind of a happy medium. It was something people didn't really know or understand. It's called iridology, which that's a mm -hmm. whole nother conversation. But it's a study of our whole body through our eyes and seeing illness and things that need nurturing. So for me, I spent a good year really, really digging into that. So the medical side for me does come very upfront in that energetic space. Plus, I've done a lot of Reiki work. So... When I scan someone, if I feel as though there's, let's say I feel as though there's something, I can't, I don't even want to say anything because I don't want to put anything out into the universe, but let's say right. that I feel something is amiss. I'm not going to say to you, I feel you need to go get X checked. I'm going to say to you, I'm going to encourage you to go get some blood work done, talk to your doctor. I'm not saying this is a red flag because I don't know whether or not it's a red flag. So I would just encourage someone. That's all I can do is encourage someone to go on. I could say if it's something not a red flag, um, let's say I'm trying to think of somebody recently. I had a lady recently that was concerned that she might be having um, heart issues. I can, uh, the energy is coming through whenever I'm just talking about it and thinking about it. Her hand was tingling all the time. Um, and she had Googled it. Mm -hmm. And was and so she calls and she's like, it's an emergency reading and I have to see right away. I think I'm having a heart attack. I said, nine one one. Yeah, yeah. Go to the doctor. Right. <laughs> so there are people that come like that, and I'm just say nine one one. But then there's the other side of that where you're talking to somebody and you can feel the energy moving in them. And I can say, you know, maybe I'm going to say, are you feeling like a lot of energy in your hands? Are you feeling, I feel like there's some sort of movement in there. And I'm feeling like what that is, is maybe you're, you know, you're stuffing stuff down. You aren't expressing stuff. The energy's not moving out of you because emotions are energy and mm -hmm. so is health. So sometimes it's a health or a healing thing like that, that I'll scan a body or or I'll say, you know, if I'm sitting like this, you can't tell whether or not I can stand up. Mm. So I have had, definitely had readings where I say, there's an issue with your lower body. Mm -hmm. There's something that's not, the energy isn't flowing or whatever. So, but I would never just say, oh my gosh, 
You have that. Man, you better get right away to the doctor. Is that really not good? <laughs> no, but I would encourage people to go. That's and at the fun. end of the reading, if it, if that was towards the beginning, and then we talked to people and everything else, at the end of the reading, I would close it, encouraging you to go get to, and don't forget, I really do think you should go mm-hmm. check this out. Mm-hmm. Great. So speaking of readings, how can people find out more about readings with you, Karen? Well, thank you for asking. And I also want to thank you very much for having me. I just, I love you. I love your style. I love, I've loved the podcast. I've been sending it out to my friends. I'm completely intrigued with your guests and how you handle things. Um, So for me, you can find me at KarenRomine.com, R-O-M-I-N-E. If you put forward slash evening dash with dash spirit, I will comp your ticket to my next group event. So you go to KarenRomine.com forward slash evening dash with dash spirit. And maybe we can put that in the Yeah, in the we'll notes definitely put in the show notes for sure. And then also for all your listeners to maybe help ease that fear, A, you feel free to email me at Karen at KarenRomine.com and I will have a conversation with you about it. But I would like to offer a coupon code RWO50 for Rebellious Wellness. (laughs) I'm so excited for that. And I'm going to offer an 11% discount for the first 22 people who use that code when they book a psychic or a mediumship or a hybrid reading. You can always change those once we get in there. So um, use coupon code RWO50. Perfect. Thank you so much. That's very generous of you. And is a reading about an hour? Is it? It is. Sometimes it goes a little over. Sometimes it goes a little, little over. <laughs> I know that feeling. Sometimes podcasts go a little over. but yeah. You know. yeah. I'm That's flexible great. that way. That's great. Is there anything that we didn't cover that you think is important for people to know that you want to leave them with? I think we've covered it all, Greg. I really okay. do. That was a great conversation. I yeah, really I agree. appreciate I, And I appreciate you being so honest. I know I threw you a few curveballs. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> so people, anybody who's been on the fence about either hearing from somebody on the other side or hearing about themselves and their life in an energetic way, because as you said, energy is motion. It's E equals, right? Energy in motion is what emotions are. So if you have this emotional feeling like that won't let go, that you want to get some kind of reading or have some insight or just talk to Karen and see how it would be for you personally versus a generic conversation, I would take her up on the offer, Karen at KarenRomine.com. And uh, you can always write to me because I've had all these experiences and I continue to do so. So Greg at, no, Gregory at RebelliousMomentsOver50.com if you have any questions uh, that I can answer for you. Karen, thank you so much for your time and expertise. I absolutely loved having you. Thank you. I appreciate it. All right, people, be well, be well till next time and I will be back. Hey, before you go, peeps, I was just wondering if we are connected on social media. If not, let's do that. You can find me on Instagram at rebelwell50. Same on Twitter. Facebook, it's Rebellious Wellness Over 50. And hey, don't be a stranger. Comment. Let me know what you'd like to hear about on the podcast or what questions you have about aging better and living rebelliously. 